0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Finish a series, and if you're visiting today, or it's the first time here, you've missed a couple of weeks. We've been on this journey of discovery of who is God. Because Toza, and this was a, a quote, we anchored the series and said this, we tend by a secret law of the soul to move towards our mental image of God. It's, it's not a conscious decision. We just tend to do that. We have these mental images of God that are forged and fashioned by so many different things. And yet God isn't, he's not hiding himself saying, find me. He's not playing hide and seek with us. He reveals himself to us in his word and his Holy Spirit comes and reveals him to us. It's what the Holy Spirit comes, He comes and reveals the Father, reveals the Son to us. He's not hiding. But a lot of the church act like God is hiding, and we have to go on this journey to to find him. And where are you, God? We the ones who hide. It was Adam and Eve behind the leaves. Woo! They were hiding. And God's out there, He knows where they are. He's saying, Where are you? I'm looking for you. He knows where they are. Our God is not hiding. And this series is a series too. I trust every truth and every one of these truths, and I want to remind us of a few of them this morning, blows your heart wider, makes your lungs bigger, to breathe deeper. So when we sing, oh, and we, you're like, maybe they've run out of words. No, it's just the breath in our lungs that have got to get out because he's amazing. He's amazing. And I want to just shoot through some of the amazing truths about who our God is because we've hardly touched the surface. And I want you to say, will you say this? God is Yahweh. Can you say that with me? God is Yahweh. And that's the derivative of the verb from, and, and it means I am. It's the I am. It's the, it's the declaration of God is he isn't in anyone else. He's not like us. He doesn't compare to anyone. He is God. And when I breathe that truth in, it gives courage to my lungs. It pulls me to a bigger story. It should blow my mind that the Yahweh wants relationship with who? Me. And you and us in our dirtiness and our brokenness, he comes and he pulls us into his story. It should blow our minds. It should lift our vision immediately. And it should begin to fashion and shape how we live our lives. See, why do a book like this? Is because every one of you are theologians. Oh, no, I'm not a theologian. No, you are, sir or ma'am. Because you have an orthodoxy. You believe some things. And those beliefs and whatever has fashioned those beliefs, hopefully it's the Bible, but on experience, it's a whole bunch of other things as well. And those get mishmashed together to form a belief system that leads to an orthopraxy, how we lead our lives, the practices we engage in. And it's so important that our orthodoxy is developed and founded on the truth. Otherwise, we get skewed, deformed views of who God is. Can you say God is Trinity? And I loved preaching that message and calling us. And and we should be engaged There we should be fascinated. Our fathers in the church years and years ago, 1,500 years ago, penned down the doctrine of the Trinity so that we could have something of a comprehension of the dynamics of the Trinity that pull down and have implications for how we live our lives. Why? Who's coming to lunch? Because the church is bored and there's some hungry people. Maybe. You know why? Because our God is communal. And before we were in the story, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were in perfect community together, completely satisfied. And then he paints a picture on earth that says, this is not a prescription, but a description of the church. And they met in homes daily, having meals together, having communion together, sharing lives. People from different backgrounds, different stories. Why do who's coming to lunch? Because your God is communal. In the essence of who he is, can you say God is creator? It should blow our minds open when we understand and we say, Why struggle with diversity, folks? He's the God who made diversity. He made giraffes with long necks and art fox. Who thought of an art fox? I mean, what is that? You, I mean, surely it can't be tasty. I don't know, it's not a good pet. I mean, yet God, in his creativity, <laughs> breathed up the art fork, And we've got to stand back and go, oh God is an unbelievable creator. He creates unbelievable diversity, unbelievable life. And he's put that inside of you to co-create with him in this world, to bring the renewal of all things for his glory. Yeah. He's pulling you into that story. And I should breathe in the wonder. It's not a small story. It's a big story. Can you say God is faithful? Faithful. We have to allow that truth to settle and rest on us. We have to let that truth breathe in that when the winds blow and the storms blow, the thing that anchors me is the faithfulness of my God. It's got nothing to do with my ability to be faithful. It's got nothing to do with my ability to be faithful. Actually, it's got nothing to do with my ability at all. It's got to do with who our God is. Can you say God is love? love. And we love this one, and everyone loves this one. But His love is unrelenting. His love is perfect, unlimited, and it's beyond reason. Honestly, God's love for us and His perfect love for us, poured out for us, doesn't make sense in our human economies and in our minds, where a world is determined by, are you qualified? And have you done enough? And so if we don't get the grasp that God and the essence of who he is, is love. We will always struggle to receive his love. Because our radar won't be on to receive his love. Our radar is only on to receive a performance. A rating. A grading. A tick. Can you say God is Alpha and Omega? We're going to do this all morning, so stay with me. But he is the beginning and he is the end and both are in him. And there were never a beginning before him and there will never be an end after him. So we can rest assured. And when Edwin made this statement, he said, when we are anchored in him, anchored people can make radical decisions, anchored in the truth that he is the beginning and he is the end, anchored in the promises that, that, that he holds us and that he sets the agenda. And when we get anchored in the truth that God is alpha and omega, we become resilient. Maybe you're naturally not the most resilient person. When a hit comes, you fall over. Delve into the Word. Find the God who is the Alpha and the Omega and allow Him to establish you. Why this? Why a provocation today? Because we preach the Word for 12 weeks and the, the Word promises signs and wonders after the preaching of the Word. You know what signs and wonders look like? They look like anxious people who've been anxious for 20 years, finding in the life and the character and the nature of God, blowing their mind open, revealing to them who He is, and that anxiety silences. Because fear and anxiety is not from our God. And it gives us a grid for life. The reality is we all have a grid for life. Some determined by experiences, our upbringing, good or bad, Broken or healthy. But the call of the Bible is to keep growing, keep maturing, keeping pulled into his story. It's not about my effort. The Bible speaks in 1 Peter. It says, I am pulled into the grace by him. My only job is to respond as an obedient child. An obedient child. Not a kicking, screaming child. An obedient child. Can you say God is Father. He qualifies us. My lineage is no longer of an earthly lineage. The inheritance that I can receive is no longer, it's not about what earth can give me. It's about the inheritance I receive from the glorious Father. I get a new story. And seeing we're in the Olympics week, I hope you remember the Derek Redmond video of a man running and tearing his hamstring. Maybe in your run, in your race, you've torn hamstrings. Allow the glorious Father to reveal himself to you. God is spirit. Will you say that? And I think a lot of people. We get stumped. And we get wigged out. Holy Spirit. Number one. Is God. Perfectly God. Number two. Person. Who pulls us into relationship. And we explain said The Bible says. The Holy, can, if you can offend the Holy Spirit. Actually if you can't offend a force. We're not talking about the force. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a person who sent a gift given by God to you and I. Not to those who need it in ministry. To every believer who is doing the ministry of reconciliation. We need to be walking with the Holy Spirit. Can you say "God God is provider? When we get this, it changes everything. The striving stops. The anxiety stops. And it's not just monetary provision. There is that, 100%. But it's the fact that I know tomorrow doesn't need to consume me today because there's a Father who is over tomorrow. And He is good. And when that thing settles, we begin to kick out of the economies of the world and the pressures that play. And we begin to kick into the economies of heaven that run on faith, And trusting him. And we find that life begins to work. And there's no longer the conflict with walking this journey out. But there's a connection, a comfort, a call. And Emmanuel priest on God is omniscient. Can you say that? God is omniscient. And 1 John 3 verse 20. If our hearts condemn us. We know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Yes, trials now. My God's in control. I told you the greatest, greatest lesson I ever learned I was eleven years old, and a mother got up at a funeral of her twelve year old daughter and said, This is all I know. My God doesn't make mistakes. And she sat down at eleven years old. A truth about who God is got put so deep inside of me in the most broken situation. I'm so grateful to God for that moment. So grateful to God for that hero of the faith. Named Delene Sidaway. Delena. Can you say, God is kind? And I know you didn't hear this preach because Fiona preached it at Milnerton, but please go listen to it. As a young girl who didn't understand the kindness of God, engaged the love of the Father and realized that her Father is incredibly kind, and then gives her an incredibly kind husband to keep revealing Himself to her. That your Father in heaven is kind. And he calls us into a story and then he, he gets us into his word and we start reading Philippians and, and you get stumped on this, this scripture that, that let your gentleness be evident to all. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be gentle with that guy. The 300, 400 others, I'll be gentle. But that guy, no, no, no. Let your gentleness be evident to all because your God, your father, your lover is kind. It starts landing on us. And my orthodoxy, starts determining my orthopraxy. My belief, fashioned by the word of God, starts fashioning my life. Can you say God is hope? hope. Did a funeral on Monday for a 31-year-old man who committed suicide. And in that funeral were all the Larnies of the horse racing world. It was quite nice. I felt quite big in that forum because there were lots of jockeys. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. But what do you say? Yes, you comfort and you celebrate the life lived, the life given. But there's got to be a moment of contemplating. And I love the book of Lamentations and this line. It's all going wrong and the enemy's having the win in Lamentations 3. And all of a sudden the writer cries out, Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. What do you call to mind, sir or ma'am? And on what do you rest your hope today? If your hope is rested on a bank balance, the promise of a man, or a shouting voice of this world, I'm telling you it will not stand. But when we call to mind the character and the nature of the unchanging God, it can change us forever. Can you say God is forgiving? God is forgiving. And I wasn't here when Wally preached on God is forgiving. But here's the ultimate truth that Romans calls us to. It says there is no condemnation for those. If there is no condemnation, I know what I've thought. I know what I've done. And the Bible says there is absolutely no condemnation for me. None. And for those who have received the grace of God. Not a single, single drop. Your ability to forgive, sir or ma'am, has nothing to do with your ability to forgive. It has everything to do with who God is. What he has done. And our ability to get under his wings. And say, God, and let me just make a statement. Forgiveness is not a process. It's a moment of trust in God. Our orthodoxy has to determine our orthopraxy. Let's practice forgiveness. That church will change the world. Can you say God is holy? holy. He is incomparable to anyone. He's not like me. My wife says, "Yeah, oh, but you, you sit on the couch. Or oh, you should see that guy. I mean, he literally sits there all day. And we try play ourselves off against others. You can't do that with God. He's incomparable. He is set apart. And he calls us into a holiness story. To be set apart, not just from the world. And we celebrate that sometimes in the church. Other, so just be different to the world. No, I'm different to the world because I'm set apart for a relationship with him. I'm set apart for intimacy with him. I'm set apart for life for holiness. Sir or ma'am, I don't care what you've done. You were designed for holiness. It's not some target like those races where, where I don't even know what that's called. Those dogs run and they chase a, a moving rabbit or something. It's like, ah, ah, we'll never get there. It's not God with us. He's put a spirit inside of us. And our journey is to be like him. God is holy. Can you say God is here? Yeah. And you didn't hear this either. Because Lee, who leads worship, he preached at Milnerton. But I got to hear it on another event. The truth that God is always here. He's not inconsistent. He's not moody. Oh, I don't want to be with them today, gonna to hang out with the other guys. Father and son, let's just He's here. He's here and, and I went to a funeral and while he spoke at a funeral. About Jesus, who is the lily of the valley, that in your deepest valleys, Jesus is there. And we don't live this mountaintop only Christianity. When I'm good and I'm up, God is with me. But when I'm in the valley, no, He's the lily of the valley. He's the most beautiful thing in the valley. God is here. And God is inviting, He's never stopped inviting. His gospel keeps calling. Why invite people to lunch? Because our hearts default to smallness. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't about the multiplying of food. That's easy for God. The miracle of the 5,000 is Jesus wanted every one of those 5,000 with him. He wanted them close, he wanted them looked after. And we chase the miracle of the multiplying of the food, but the greater miracle is 5,000 receive the life and love of Jesus Christ. That's the miracle. Is our heart determined and the inviting nature of our life determined by who God is? Or is it determined by, I lived in a small home and we didn't have people in our home, so I'm not going to be that person? I would ask you allow God to reveal Himself to you. Carries on. Is this all right? I'm just wanting to explode your hearts this morning. It says, God is speaking. While he made this unbelievable statement, he said, you were born an original, why die a copy? When we, we don't listen to the designer's voice, we'll default into some other shape or form. But when we plug into the designer, the creator's voice, he speaks his life. And here's the truth that you've got to believe. Otherwise, you'll always be hanging on a pastor's words, a TBN preacher's word, some day faithful daily living word, and all of those are helpful, but they're just helpful for you to hear him. He's a God who still speaks, he's not silent. He never went silent on us. The new covenant means God is speaking today and for all days. Are we listening? God is generous. Water to wine, his first miracle. Maybe you haven't experienced radical generosity. I would ask you to give the King of Kings a chance in your life to reveal it. I just want to read a few more that we haven't even got to. God is all powerful, all knowing, and everywhere. God is both loving and just at the same time. Our God is just. And he can be both at the same time. We struggle. We can't seem to stretch that wide, so we default. God is holy and in control. God is huge, but also close to us. God is healer. Why lay hands on the sick? Because our God is a healer. He wants to heal. He wants you and I to lay hands on the sick and declare life and healing, because that's who he is. It's not about who I am. It's about who he is and who I am in him. God is jealous. He's jealous for your affections, and he doesn't just want it on Sunday mornings. He wants it every morning, sir or ma'am, and every day. God is grace. God is our refuge. God is our friend. God is the rewarder. God knows. God cares, God is able, God is a consuming fire, God is ascending and extending God. I got an email today from a lady named Claudia Berger who's part of this church, she's a hero, she's 73 years old and single and instead of investing her finances and time, on going on cruises to the Mediterranean. And if you're a cruiser, I know there's some cruisers here, so just relax. She chose to get on a plane with a bag and a couple of Bibles and travel to Georgia to see what happens. And I got this more letter from her. She said, hi guys. Finally arrived in Istanbul from the word go. I was able to have meaningful conversations with people of my target group. She knows God has sent her to and who she sent, he sent them to. said, finally, after using a bus to Taksim Square and then a taxi to a long name, I was dropped after he took a one-way and stopped, was stopped by the police. I was stumped. The area looked familiar, but I just couldn't find the pension place I wanted. And, and, there's, and, and it's about 20 euro to the rand. So going to pay 20 euro per night wouldn't have worked for my budget. So back to praying, desperate prayers. As I slogged uphill on a cobble road with heavy bags, finally stopped by a hostel who charges eight euro per night and included breakfast. Good to know. Got the phone number of the hotel. So guess what? I share a room with two young girls, one from Iraq and one from Holland, who was in tears after the time and wants to accept the Lord, battling with this keyboard, because she's taking a keyboard with her. 73 years old. Our God is ascending, extending God. Why would she do that? Well, one of two reasons. One, she's nuts. That's one option. The other option is she's seen something in the wonder and the splendor of our God that calls her into a story that looks wild to this world, but in God is unbelievably powerful. I've got an image of a 73-year-old lady carrying... A bag up a cobble road going, God, lead me to some ladies, maybe one from Iraq, maybe one from Holland, that I can stay in a hostel. And I've got to go, God, I've got an, I need a bigger picture of you. I, I need to see you in your word. I've, I've got to allow my grid for life to be determined by who you are. Otherwise, I'll default to small. I'll default to safe. I'll default to something that doesn't count for eternity. And I won't meet a lady from Iran or a lady from Holland. Just won't and a young girl named Kristen Jade Whitby from the church comes to us and says, I want to go to Mozambique. Great, we've got friends, they're going. She flies of her own money, her own time, and takes her own leave to fly to Mozambique to serve and preach the gospel for two weeks with people she knew nothing about. Young people from this church taking leave and time to go up to the call to grow and be equipped paying of their own finances why because our god is ascending and extending god not because that's what we do as the church rubbish doesn't matter what we do as the church it matters who god is that's all that matters because the church is his the people are his the nations are his the world is his eternity is his it's not mine and i'm here to tell you today it's not yours it's a big story it's impossible to fully understand God. No man will ever get the full package. But one day, when our king returns, and we see him, we are captivated. And Like his best friend John, we fall down on our knees because we won't be able to handle the glory. And then he picks us up and says, don't be afraid. I've got to give my story. I can't be a lazy student or disciple. I just can't be. We cannot be. Why do fast track? And if you're not in a life group, I invite you. We met here so that those who aren't in life groups and are intimidated by the idea of going to people's homes can come here and meet with a bigger group. And there were 40 or 50 people here on Wednesday night engaging fast track and growing and being equipped. Why? Because we can't stay naive. And we can't stay with these formations that are not, if it's not, if my life is not formed by the word of God, I am deformed, by default, by the voices of this world. So we start this series right at the front, Genesis 1. And God says, Father, Son, and Spirit, let us make man in our image, both man and woman. I'm an image bearer. Not this. This falls so short. This thing will get old. Some of these facilities will get tired. But this heart and this spirit and these words that I get to say and the words that you get to say, you are image bearers of a glorious, glorious God in a glorious, glorious story. And he's pulling you into it. You don't have to work. Your journey is to surrender to that grace that pulls us. And I want to land with two stories. See, I've got three boys. And all I am is a sign to them pointing to God. And I really have the privilege of sharing. I can tell you story of the story of the generosity of God in my life. But my boys have got to fashion their own story. Their own grid. So last night we had some friends for dinner. And they've got a little boy... And he didn't have a rugby ball. So I went to my oldest boy who values things, especially rugby balls. And he's got five because people have given him balls and they're mostly very old and very tired. And I said, Boy, you know what? This little boy doesn't have a rugby ball. Why don't you give him a rugby ball? And I can just check that this head is like it's like a thousand miles which one, not sure, why is he asking me this, can I say no? He says, can I say no, dad? I said, you can say no, boy. And I love you. You can say no. And little tears come to his eyes. He loves his rugby ball. Goes up to his room, fetches a rugby ball, comes down, tears still in his eye. Heart's a little bit sore. But I've got a chance to teach my boy something about our God. That he has to learn. Because outside of that fashioning, that formation, our hearts will default to something small. We keep our rugby balls. And he gave that little rugby ball. And I wish I could say it with his exuberant joy. <laughs> he didn't have to. I told him he didn't have to. Took He didn't have to. But then I got a photo later that night from my friend of his little boy holding that rugby ball. And I went and woke my boy up from sleep. I said, Wake up, boy. Look here. And he wakes up. He's a bit groggy. He goes, Oh, he's happy, Dad. He's happy. He so says, He's a happy, boy. Because our journey is a journey to become like Jesus, not like me. I'm just, a, I'm, just a, I'm just a broken man trying to be a father on earth. But there's a father. And there's a generous savior who's pulling you into a story. And so it matters. See, and, and I don't even, I won't even get, to, well, let me read Romans 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And it finishes, that he might be the firstborn among the brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. See, our destination, your destination, sir or ma'am, is Glory. Your destination is glory. But conformity to Jesus is your journey. It's my journey every day. Every day. Why this series? Because if we aren't conformed by the word of God, we will be conformed by the world. Romans 12 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. You know what a conformer is? It's one of two things. If someone loses their eye, they put a conformer in to hold the cavity, to keep the shape. A leather maker will take a conformer and he will pull leather over a conformer and hammer that leather until it holds that shape so a shoe can hold its shape. The Bible says be conformed into the image of Jesus. One story, and I've told it here before. King Alexander, one of the greatest conquerors. You might have heard the story. It's not new. And he's riding out and they're in battle. And he rides back into his regiment. And they've got a young man on the ground. He's looking down and he was caught running away. Fleeing from the battle. He's fleeing. And Alexander's on his horse and he's proud. And his soldiers all around. And they tell him the story. He says, what's your name? And he mumbles something in the dirt. He says, soldier, what's your name? And he mumbles. And the story goes like this could be perfect truth. It could be just a great story. The story goes that he pulls out a sword. He says, soldier, what is your name? And the soldier says, my name is Alexander. And the king looks at him. And he could do anything to him. He ran from battle. He could be executed. And the king shouts out to him, change your name or change your ways. Change your name. Because it's the same number that will change your ways. You see, who am I? I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not, and I don't get to determine what that looks like. I don't get to be grumpy because I'm grumpy. I don't get to be unforgiving because no one ever forgave me. I don't get those choices. I get God. And that sustains me. And that holds and that satisfies everything inside of me. That is the gospel. And that is the God is series.